Hello and welcome back to the Daily Fart. Uh, this is episode five, and um, I think I talked a little bit about what I was going to talk about in this episode. Um, and there wasn't too much research for this one. It's more um, uh, the reason there's a gap between the episodes is because I just took some time away. I'm moving soon, so I was just wanted to focus on that um, and uh, kind of getting ready for university and um the next chapter of my education which is my final year so um i'm excited about it and i'm looking forward to it so the topic of this i wanted to talk about um was actually kind of a follow-up to the nuclear fusion podcast or the nuclear fusion episode i did where i kind of talked really optimistically about the iter reaction uh, reactor and um what it could mean and why we should pour money into it and it almost came across as like a marketing thing where I'd been paid to say it and it was very overly optimistic about things. So now I kind of want to use that case study of my reaction to it and uh, talk about um, achieving balance between pessimism and um, optimism uh, to kind of get to this middle ground where you're able to get the most work done with nothing really holding you back. And um, so... Uh, I want to like kind of recap what, so my thoughts on nuclear fusion were really hopeful, overly optimistic. I, I think that that is the area that we should be fully focused on to solve the energy problems, which would in turn solve, um, a lot of other issues that we deal with in the world. Um, I think energy drives the world forward and, um, that you need energy to do anything we can if we have energy we can run uh factories uh cleanly you know if we have clean energy if the base source of our energy is great then um we're able to do a lot of great things and um the approach i took in that podcast was really really naive and um really really over optimistic and i got perspective on this when i um I, I was just, you know, because I had been doing some research for the nuclear fusion episode. So I had some background in, um, so I had some background in, um, in like, I've been doing some research. So I got a couple of recommended videos. And one of the ones I got was uh, Lex Friedman, who's uh, like sort of has this own podcast thing going on. Um, and uh, on his podcast, he has like a a YouTube thing that's dedicated to clips and he interviews people and kind of asks the questions from the point of view of the person who doesn't know a lot about the topics. So from the average Joe and, um, he did a really good episode with Ian Hutchinson. Um, I recognize that name from like a, like, I don't know, maybe when I was younger, uh, he's a, a scientist and a physicist who, um, works on works on nuclear uh fusion energy and has been working on it for his entire life and it was interesting to see the difference in opinion in that field with someone who saw the the years it took the absolute monsters decades he spent his entire life working on a project that won't even be completed within his lifetime that has so many engineering problems that has so many engineering t like issues 
And it was interesting to see him as an older person, um, perhaps more wise and perhaps more pessimistic and cynical with age, um, sort of bash on nuclear fusion. He wasn't outright saying, oh, this isn't the like, this isn't what we should be doing. But I think he brought a really grounded approach um, to the topic, which kind of made me think, okay, so he's saying that this as a physicist he's saying that we shouldn't put our all, all our eggs in one basket and maybe the best way to do things is work on the technology that we've already kind of perfected and that we're using nuclear fission and um he made some great points about fission um and i think that um in my mind i had this image of a. Uh, fission being the stepping stone to something greater which was fusion and if you want more information on what i'm talking about nuclear fusion wise um please check out the other podcast i tried to dumb it down and then there's also if you look at my twitter you can find some some links to some youtube videos that explain it all better than me because uh actual physicists explain it uh and so so basically the point i'm trying to make here is that with age and with being in that project for so long, there's an element of hope that is lost. There is an element of seeing the world, like seeing the results and saying, okay, so this took 40 years to, you know, engineer, much less even build. And we're still building it. You know, will this project even be completed within my lifetime? And the thing that I think I didn't mention as specifically as I should, which is, you know, another thing that I took away was that I gave a very over-optimistic view of an experiment. The ITER reactor is an experimental reactor. It is not the actual thing. The goal of it is not to, you know, be the first nuclear fusion reactor that works. We've made nuclear fusion reactors. We're looking at, can we scale up this nuclear fusion reactor to the point where we can sustain uh, a stable reaction? And um, so, so it's very much experimental. And I got this big perspective shift, which pushed me back from saying, this is the future. This is what we should be pushing, pushing all of our research. And I think I swung too far over to the other side where I said, well, what's the point then if, you know, like, if there's no future in in nuclear fusion, maybe we should focus only on fission. Why are we wasting time? Why are we spending billions of dollars on a nuclear fusion reactor when we have a nuclear fission reactor that could work? Why don't we spend those billions of dollars trying to find more of the uranium that we need or more of the materials we need for nuclear fission? So that we can find maybe, maybe renewable source energy is not the way. Maybe a abundant resource of uranium with a bunch of uh, nuclear fission reactors around the world can do the same job. And our efforts would be better suited there. And then I came to the realization that either of those mindsets are cor- incorrect. Because when it comes to science... You have to have a healthy level of skepticism and a healthy level of optimism. Now, the research you do, the actual science 
should be factual. But the heart, the humanity that drives science should be full of balance. Balance in knowing that something can turn out like, you know, not what we expected. Willing to go, but still being willing to perform those experiments and still like I think the I2 reactor, even after all this, you know, introspection, introspection, I think it's still a great experiment and I still I think it's still very valuable however now I'm not so so caught up in this um closed like you know, closed-minded one-track mind I'm open to other things and if I were to go into the field of science and, and nuclear technologies which is one of my areas of interest I think I would have a newfound appreciation for the work that can be done in other fields. Um, we don't know whether nuclear fusion technology, harnessing the power of the sun, is even achievable on small scales like on Earth. Um, it might simply be that we need a structure too big for our society to be able to make today. We don't have the resources or we don't have the capabilities. And that's fine. Um, but I, I do still think the, the experiments, experimenting is important and the humanity that drives science should be very, very balanced. I, and, and I noticed this in a lot of older, older scientists. You, you, you notice that they, especially if they've struggled in their field or there hasn't been a lot of innovation in their field or that they haven't ex things have come but not at the pace that they would would have liked they become very bitter and very cynical about uh about the research they're doing it's easy to become hopeless after years and years of working on something to know that you spent your entire life doing this but three generations from now they're going to figure this out and I think for those scientists, what I'd say is to take a step back. And, and I think everyone, this lesson's not just for scientists. I think the, the lesson should be to take a step back and think about how even your actions today can influence future generations. Maybe what you thought was insignificant work that didn't do a lot in your time was the building blocks for a future generation and another one and another one and it's not always about recognition which you know some for some people it is but i think that that is the most important thing and once we start finding this balance of being pessimistic and being optimistic in in equilibrium that's when humanity will do the best factual research because we will be directing efforts in the right places and we got to remember that you know ultimately um life is temporary and we haven't figured out how to how to live forever or live extended lives so so each of our lives are very valuable and and everyone's ideas are very valuable you only have a limited time to share those ideas with people so in that sense, share your ideas, 
be optimistic with ideas, but be willing to be critiqued, be willing to, to, to have your ideas fail and still continue to grow and develop and leave something behind. Um, and anyway, so this, this whole, this whole example kind of brought me a lot of reflective points because I find myself with certain things. I lean very, very on the pessimistic side, very low in the hope for them. And then in certain things, when it comes to science, I, I always get optimistic with science. I get overly optimistic and I close my mind off, which is either either case, you don't contribute as much as you could. You're not an optimal point. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad I had this moment of introspection and I thought I'd share it with everyone so that hopefully you guys can also find um, these moments in your life where you have to balance yourself and um, kind of choose to be a little naive and be a little cynical. Um, but it's important to remember that human emotion does not play into science in the actual factual portions. Human emotion drives science. The, um, the need to learn, to grow, to accept, to pass along knowledge, that is the driving force for science. But the actual science itself should be based on fact. And if you, um, if you disagree with that, um, you have to go maybe listen to the uh, Flat Earthers episode um, and, uh, you know, find some thoughts there. Anyway, so um, I think this episode is going to be a little bit shorter. It, it's a bit more thematic. There aren't a lot of definitions. I can list off some definitions at the end. I can do this. Um, so I pulled up some words to kind of help guide me. So I'll, I'll go over them. So over-optimistic is an adjective. Um, and essentially... Uh, means to be too hopeful or too ready to believe that good things will happen in the future. Um, agreed. Okay. Naive. Uh, a person or action showing a lack of experience, wisdom, or judgment. Uh, of a person natural and unaffected, innocent. I like that one because I, I, I think that um, when I'm being naive, I feel like I'm being like innocent unaffected un unrecognizing uh and and when it came to this example it was i have not lived my entire life working on a project that didn't come to fruition or may not come to fruition within my lifetime for me to see the results um versus the scientist did so i i very unaffected by the situation however um you know, I think that leads into why I am naive about things. I haven't felt those things. And, um, yeah, again, experience changes who you are and, and it, finding that balance between, uh, being naive and cynical. Speaking of cynical is defined as, uh, believing that people are self motivated by self-interest, distrustful of human sincerity or integrity, uh, concerned with one's own interests. And typically disregarding accepted or appropriate standards in order to achieve them. Um, yep, I think that one speaks for itself. Uh, and yeah, so I think cynical and naive were my two kind of comparisons. And then pessimistic and over-optimistic um, were also my, 
other comparisons. Anyway, so I think I'm going to end it there. Um, feel free to go on Twitter and yell at me about how uh, you find balance. Uh, and yeah, I think I'm I think I'm ready to record a brain fart. Um, but I don't know. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to see how it goes. I have a lot of content for the brain fart, which I'm I'm excited to the brain fart episode to, to sh share. But it's it's a lot more work because it's more closer to an hour now. And I'm trying to mess with the format to be a bit more uh, informed. Uh, and yeah. Um, bye.